The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. I'm Ed Knowles. This is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Daley Thompson, six feet, one inch tall, outgoing, dedicated. His ultimate experience, the joy of the competition. Daley Thompson is an absolute legend in British athletics, a true sporting hero who won two Olympic gold medals in decathlon and broke some world records along the way for good measure. He inspired generations of athletes with his focus, determination and attitude. There's nothing that I enjoy more in my life. I don't, in, I don't enjoy all the kind of the razzmatazz and all that kind of stuff. I gave the Bridgestone ambassador for the Olympic Chase Your Dream No Matter What campaign a call. To look back on his glittering sporting career, talk about if failure is really a necessary part of success and find out what he thinks about Tokyo 2020 medal contenders like Katerina Johnson-Thompson and Dina Asher-Smith. Olympic Channel Podcast. Daley Thompson, it's my absolute pleasure to have you here today and for the next few episodes of the Olympic Channel podcast. How are you? Do you know what? I'm, I'm doing all right. Thank you very much, Ed. I'm uh, one of the few people that's probably enjoying lockdown. I'm, I've got to be honest. To celebrate 40 years since Daley won his first Olympic title in Moscow 1980, over the course of four episodes, we're going to revisit the past four decades, speaking to some of the greatest Olympians from each decade to see how they chase their dreams no matter what. And we start with the 80s and Daly himself. So Daly, what was the moment when you truly believed that you would become an Olympian? Becoming an Olympian was uh, was setting the bar pretty low, to be honest. Well, from when I was 9, 10, 11 years old, I always thought that I was going to be really good at something. And it took me a little while to, to find sport. I then thought I was going to be a great footballer. And then I found athletics and I thought I was going to be a, a great athlete. And, and then it turned out to, to be decathlon. But it has always been for me that I was going to be really good at something. And I'm one of those fortunate people who life has, has never been able to kind of interfere with, with me moving forwards, as it were. Most of the people I know wanted to be superheroes and all that kind of stuff. And, and as they grow up, life kind of teaches them lessons that they can't do this and they can't do that. Well, for me, that has never really happened. I only ever wanted to be a sports person. Nothing ever really got in my way. And I kind of just carried on and, and became a sports person. And spoken to people that I was at school with and, and, and they would say, oh, you always said you were going to do this and do that. As I say, I, I'm one of those very fortunate people where life kind of never got in the way of my dreams. You didn't have all the opportunities handed to you on a plate, I don't think, when you were growing up. For example, your father passed away when you were still in, in school. He was shot. This is very rare at the, at the time. I mean, how much did that have an effect on you growing up? My parents were, were divorced by, by then, so he wasn't, a, he wasn't around much. So while it, while it was a shock, a huge upheaval to, uh, to my life. And while it's, a, while it's a shame, you know, kind of life goes on and you just got to kind of roll with the punches and, and move on. But, but you're right, it's, 
you know, do you know what? We talk about people's lives and all that kind of stuff. My life was kind of exactly the same as all my mates. You know, nobody had much and we just used to kind of hang out in the streets and play football and run around and, and not get into trouble. And so for me, you don't know any different. You assume that's how everybody everybody lives. And to be honest, I lived in a, when I was back at home in, uh, in Notting Hill Gate, I lived in a block of flats and that was my community and, and it was great. They walked into the arena like the gladiators of old. Throughout the next two days, they would compete in 10 events. The decathlon, a grueling test of strength, speed, and stamina that would earn one of them a coveted title, the finest all-around athlete in the world. If we go back to 1975, uh, you're trying out decathlon for the very first time. I was a, a fairly good sprinter. And my coach, Bob, he came up to me one day and he said, did you know that four of the guys in your athletics club, they are, they're gonna go and do a decathlon. I didn't know what a decathlon was. So he explained it all to me about all the events. And he said, one of the guys has got chicken pox, so he can't go. And they wanted to know if you would do it. And I said, Bob, I haven't done seven of the events. He said, it doesn't matter. You've got five or six weeks to, to have a practice. and." If you don't make it past the long jump, it doesn't matter because four people have to start, but only three have to finish. So they'll go on and, and win it. I remember I went to the decathlon and at the, on the night in between the two days, I remember sitting on my bed just before going to sleep and I thought to myself, I'm going to be really good at this. And that was the day I decided to become a decathlete. And I know you're, you're back there, Ed, thinking, well, what happened in the decathlon? Well, you know who won, don't you? And then a year later, you're in the actual Olympics in Montreal. I mean, how amazing is that moment of, of like, what was that like? Like, it must have just been a total whirlwind. Oh, to be honest, it was my best sports experience that, that I've ever had. Four weeks before that, I was doing my O-levels. And then for the third time in my life, I was getting on an aeroplane and I was going to the biggest sports experience in the world. And the great thing about being a sports tourist is that you go into those dining rooms and there's a thousand people in there and you can sit next to the world's fastest man, the world's fastest swimmer and the world's strongest man. It was, it was seriously, it was unbelievable. I had such a good time. It was so nice. I went around, I reckon, for the whole two and a half weeks with this smile on my face, and it must have lasted another six months. All my friends hated me. For Daley Thompson, it is the fulfillment of the Olympic philosophy. To enter the arena, make the attempt, and do your best. It's one of those utopian ideals which I don't believe should be lost on the world. It may not be possible for them to actually occur. There's nothing wrong with trying to strive for what they set out for. And that is that the youth of the world should get together and have a good time, you know? And maybe when, when they're older and they're in charge of other things and countries and companies and that kind of stuff, that a bit of that will rub off and, and we could all be nicer to each other. I don't believe that that idea is out of place. I always try and, and strive for the best for myself. And so I'm probably, in this aspect at least, I'm probably very much out of date. Perhaps need a few more like me.
So would you say it's important to kind of set set a goal or set a dream that's like seemingly impossible, really scary, you know, or is that too daunting? Like, what would you advise people to do about goal setting and dreams? I think, listen, dreams, dreams should be just that. I, I think that we all should, we should all, all aspire to walk on the moon. And if we only just get into orbit, that's not a failure. I think the failure is, is the people that are not prepared to try and get off the ground. It's so easy to do. It's, it's so easy to do, to, to not push yourself because of what, what they call fear of failure. And me, for, for me, it's the other way around. I, I've got all this talent. Why wouldn't I want to see how far it can take me? And that's one of the things that, that I've tried to instill in my kids. And because it doesn't matter how often you fail, it's, it's, it's all about the attempting. In 1980, it's different. It's business time. How different were you as a person in 1980? Oh, completely different. I mean, obviously, I still wanted to, when I was in 76, I still wanted to do as well as I could. And, and I put up a, a reasonable performance, came 18. But by the time I got to Moscow, I was, you know, the world record holder and was obviously in with a brilliant chance of, of winning. So it became much more important that I was more focused on the on the sports than than having a good time and it was yeah it was yeah it, it was business and so you, you got to get there and, and do the things that you're actually supposed to do and the enjoyment comes comes after it for many months seven words symbolized all the planning that would lead to this hour lead to this place the seven words the world is coming to los angeles in 1984 you retained your title in LA. By that point, huge star in the UK and abroad. What was it like in 1984? Well, do you know what? It was obvious, clearly, it was a lot more relaxed. The sun was shining. And I, I remember that uh, I had a couple of guys with me in, on the British team in the decathlon. We, we used to have some great training days and, and all that kind of stuff. The actual competition itself is a bit more of a blur because all all I did was kind of concentrate on on what I was doing. I didn't really get a chance to uh, to to look around the stadium or or kind of enjoy it because I was just there to kind of do a job and obviously I wanted to do it as well as I can. Once it's done, it's done. I I never look back on that kind of stuff. I mean, it's great when people do and they get that enjoyment, but I don't get that that kind of enjoyment from that because for me the important thing is what I'm going to be doing in six months time or the competition that I really want to win next you know that's that's kind of how I always viewed stuff. It brings us up quite neatly on to 1988 because I think that probably served you well then for 1988. You know a triple Olympic champion sounds amazing uh, but to come forth is, uh, is, is that hard to take for anybody well, I, do you know what? Again, leading up to it, things were going fantastic because I was favourite again to win. And I think we were doing our last training session four days or five days before. And, uh, and I pulled an adductor in when I was doing my last jump in the pole vault. And so I couldn't really, could just couldn't do it as well as, as I could have it had it been a week earlier. And 
you know, it's just one of those things. It happens to people. And to be honest, I had a lot of opportunities to um, to drop out or not or not com complete the the event. But I figured that if I was supposed to be the main man, then you have to kind of first face adversity as with the same stiff upper lip as as you do victory and all that kind of stuff. So so I struggled through in in fourth. But the only thing. I can say is that it's better than fifth. Once it's done, it's done for me. I, I I don't look back. And because I know that whatever the circumstances, I always give my best. I always try as hard as I possibly can. And and I couldn't do any more even, even if I wanted to. There's a quote that I saw uh, that has been doing the rounds on like social media and stuff like that. Uh, that's set by Elon Musk, the entrepreneur and innovator he says if things aren't failing you're not innovating enough if you do learn to deal with fa failure it gives you something that's really vital and that's res resilience because a lot of people don't have resilience and they give up at the at the slightest hiccup and i just think that it isn't always their day but tomorrow it might be and i and i, and I think that to shield young people and kids away from that kind of, you know, loss, as it were, is, is not, is not constructive. It's not a positive thing. I think that if you don't fail sometimes, you, you're not trying hard enough. You're not, you're not putting yourself in difficult enough situations. I think that the great thing about training and all that stuff that we have to do for sports, that's when you should be trying things that, hey, Maybe are out of reach today, but might be a little closer tomorrow because we, we all want to get faster or throw further or, or jump higher. It was such a good day for British sport that people call it Super Saturday, a day jam-packed full of success, especially in athletics, with Jessica Ennis-Hill, Greg Rutherford and Mo Farah all securing gold medals in athletics. Heptathlete Katerina Johnson-Thompson and sprinter Dina Asher-Smith both became world champions in Doha in 2019 and could be medal contenders at Tokyo 2020. KJT has proven that, you know what, sometimes if you just put your head down, not necessarily take any notice of what the other people are saying and just get on and do your work and, and make whatever changes you need to make, then, then you can be a success in the end. Because as a, as a junior, she was absolutely fantastic. She, she had all the talent and you know, but as you move up into the senior ranks, it becomes harder. It doesn't matter who you are, it becomes harder. And she had to learn to deal with defeat and de and learn to have it so that people weren't necessarily always on their side, on her side, because, as, you know, the media started writing and saying, you know, she wasn't as good and, and all that kind of stuff. And I just think that she's done absolutely brilliant. And I really look forward to her really giving it a go next year in Tokyo because there's no reason at all why she shouldn't be Olympic champion. The toughest thing is to, is to suffer the setbacks and, 
and come back for more, which is why a lot of people can't do it. Do you think that's uh, that's on the cards then? Not to put on the pressure, sorry, KJT, but like, is it is it kind of it's tough because it's it's very competitive, um, you know, as or as ever. But you know, it, it does it does it wouldn't be a surprise if she didn't win, for example. It's tough to win that Olympic gold. Every single Olympic gold medal is is tough to get, and nobody deserves it. You have to earn it on the day. And the great thing is, she's put herself in a position now where she believes that she can do it. And that is probably, that's the most important thing. She's world champion. She can go out there knowing that it's all down to her. If she can produce the performances that we know that she can, then she has absolutely every opportunity to to become an Olympic champion. But even with, with all that said, it's not going to be easy. Tiam, the other girl from Belgium, she's absolutely brilliant too. And I'm hoping that both those girls are going to get to Tokyo in 100% fitness and 100% condition. And it's going to be the best competition of everything at the Olympic Games. Is there anyone else as well, Team GB or beyond, that you've had your eye on, that you thought, wow, what a fantastic athlete they are? Dina Asher-Smith, just because, you know, she's, she's world champion. She's moved up a, a step. But I think that the Olympics is a, an altogether diff, different thing. The pressures are different. They're, they're double, triple, quadruple, whatever they are at the world championships. And now everybody's gunning for her and she's not gunning for everybody else. And that obviously is a completely different mindset, but the way that she's improved steadily over over the years, there's absolutely no reason why she can't take everybody on and beat them. But as I say, if it was a foregone conclusion, they would post all the medals to you and you wouldn't have to turn up, but they don't. So she has to go there and she'll have to take it. And it will be really interesting to see. Right then, Daly, it's time. Challenge time. Struck me. I wonder what Daily Thompson does on the daily. What is Daily's daily routine? You know, fair warning. Some of them are normal. Some of them are pretty random. So, (laughs) Daily Thompson, do you every day brush your teeth? Ah, I do. Sometimes I don't do it twice, but I always do it at least once. Lose your temper. Really? Most of the time, that is pointless. Less chance of you getting a successful result. Check your Twitter. I would say two, maybe three times a week. Just because there's so much noise out there and there's so many people who seem to be really angry. Do you stretch every day? Never. In fact, I never stretched as an athlete and I would rather spend 10 more minutes working out than 10 minutes stretching because I actually enjoy the working out. Singing. I love singing. I am the worst singer in the world, but I love singing. Laugh. Do you know what? I laugh all the time. And one of the one of the rules I made during lockdown is that I have to watch at least one episode of Fraser every morning because it makes me laugh. Listen to the Olympic Channel podcast. Oh my God. Every single time it's on. I never miss one. Ed, honestly, nobody's probably told you this, but you're actually really good at this. Nothing to do with your guests. Olympic Channel Podcast. 
So, I mean, obviously, uh, a daily routine. I've took the mickey a little bit about some certain things. But how important is consistency, uh, you know, a daily routine that matters in order to be successful? Having a, a routine helps you become successful at anything. Obviously, it's got to be the right kind of routine. But, but I think that for most people in, in most walks of life, a little and often is, is a brilliant way to, to try and go about anything. Right. Well, I think we're at a close. Thank you very much for uh, coming along this week. We've got three more episodes coming up with three amazing athletes. No problem, buddy. I look forward to continuing this in the next few weeks. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel Podcast. News on who we'll be talking to next week in just a second. But first, a massive thank you to Daley Thompson and to worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner Bridgestone. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know. A five-star review would be absolutely amazing. Maybe share an inspirational quote or just tell us why you liked that particular episode. Give Olympic Channel a follow on socials. We are just Olympic Channel. I'm Eddie Knowles with a nine and eight. And Daley is Daley Thompson on Twitter. So we got the 80s boxed off with Daly and we jump right into the 90s. Obviously, Daly will be with us again with another Olympic legend who chased their dream no matter what, British Olympic champion heptathlete Denise Lewis. What I try to do every day is um, give myself positive affirmation about getting through the day because there are some days where I feel really challenged and overwhelmed and physically stretched mentally stretched and I wonder how I'm just going to have the energy to, to, to get through the day not only just in lockdown but generally and so I tell myself that I'm going to be okay <laughs> remember hit subscribe right now you really really don't want to miss out on that one stay safe and see you very very soon think, think like an Olympian, Olympian.